Welcome to episode 51 of Viking 360. We're excited about this week's episode as we start things off with someone who works very diligently behind the scenes of West Virginia basketball. That's Stephanie Swisher-White. We'll also have a conversation with a Viking great on the hardwood, Scott Ludwig, and also a Viking who used to roam the sidelines as a player and an assistant coach at Ripley High School has found his way onto the sidelines of the XFL. That's Adam Hill. If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School Athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. And, Rube, we're talking Lady Viking basketball. They are 11-4 and four currently. They have a big week this week coming up. They do. And Ripley got off to a sluggish start on the season back in game one. They opened up at Hurricane and played a, a really sluggish first quarter and then came on pretty strong. But by that time, the damage had been done. Well, they'll have their chance for revenge on Tuesday evening when they take on the Redskins. Lady Vikes, as you mentioned, enter at 11-4. and four. Hurricane is 6-13 and three, and, uh, 13 on the season. And then following Tuesday night, they have another game on Thursday and then another home game on Saturday. Yeah, they'll be taking on the Nitro Wildcats um, on the road on Thursday, and then they have a home game on Saturday taking on the John Marshall Monarchs. Also, congratulations to Coach Dennis Fisher's Ripley Middle School girls who finished their season at 9-9. Nine and nine. Now we'll hear from another Viking alum who has basketball ties in Morgantown. Hear from Stephanie Swisher-White. She is not an assistant coach. She is not a trainer, yet she is heavily involved with the basketball program at West Virginia University. We're talking today with Stephanie Swisher-White. And uh, Stephanie, tell us about the role that you play with the Mountaineers. Hi, Rubem. It's, it's been great to hear from you. And uh, just to tell you a little bit about my role is um, I'm actually Assistant Athletic Director of Student Athlete Development, um, which comes with a plethora of uh, responsibilities, but uh, my, one of my main responsibilities is working with w, the WV men's basketball team as their academic advisor. Um, so, you know, I get to do different things like, you know, scheduling their classes, making sure they're on track for graduation, um, setting up tutoring appointments for them, uh, monitoring study hall, um, anything day-to-day or any issues they may have while they're here. They usually come to me. I'm their troubleshooter. So, um, you know, they either call me Miss Stephanie or Mama Stephanie, um, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, I have all these big six eight, six nine, six ten guys, um, call, you know, speaking to me that way and referring to me that way. Stephanie, can you tell me a two a two part question. Can you tell me the most challenging thing of what you do and the most rewarding thing of what you do? 
Um, the most challenging is sometimes we have student athletes who have no interest in being in college. Um, so, you know, finding that interest and showing them they can be successful is challenging at times, but at the same time, it's the most rewarding. Um, I have student athletes who have never even gotten an A and B throughout school or even if they've been at a college and transferred here, and they'll come here and start working with us, and we, we run a family-type atmosphere, and everybody knows, you know, every Everything about them and all about their daily schedule and they, they just understand that we're here to help them and we all have an open door policy and so the most rewarding part is um, watching them be successful, watching them make honor roll, watching them get their first A um, and then eventually you know getting to watch them walk across the stage and graduate and get their degree and many of the student athletes I work with they're first generation college students so you know that just warms couples of my heart just watching them um, be able to get a degree. Yes and I noticed uh, several pictures uh, that were provided by the sports information department but uh, they show several uh, noted WVU basketball players with you in their cap and gown so that that means that the program is working. Yes yes and one of my favorite days, or actually my favorite weekend, because we have several graduation ceremonies, and it's just something that I make sure I show up to um, and cheer them on as they go across the stage, just like I would in, in a basketball game, because um, it, it's, you know, we work towards this for four years, and we establish this relationship, and I, you know, that's all I preach is, <laughs> you're going to make it to graduation, you're going to get your degree, and so I just feel like I need to be there for them at that moment as well, so it's great. Stephanie, I know you have a, a, a young family, and your husband Jason is a basketball coach as well. So, do you have an opportunity to go to many of the uh, Mountaineer basketball games, home or away? Um, particularly home, I, I have to be at most of them for um, different work reasons. Um, so, you know, I'm at all the home games. Um, some of the late night games, I have to. You know, Jason and I kind of take turns which one we may attend just because of our daughter and we want to, you know, have her in bed in time because she started school this year. Um, but as for away games, um, I do travel. It kind of depends on the schedule. Um, I look at the assignment schedule of our student athletes and if it's a heavy time where they have a lot of tests or papers, then I will travel and we'll hold study hall and just make sure that they're completing assignments while they're on the road. Specifically, I typically go uh, on long trips to tournaments or the NCAA tournament, Big 12 tournament. So I do get to go on all of those trips, which is nice. Okay, and we're talking with Stephanie White, who is with the academic program with uh, WVU Sports. And uh, Stephanie, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, um, Coach Huggins is such an icon, not only at WVU, but in the basketball world. Uh, what is he like to work with? He's great. Uh, I think people are starting to realize that as, you know, he continues coaching here. He has this demeanor on the court that people think is possibly scary and mean, and that's he's completely the opposite. He's he's just like uh, the huggy bear that they talk about. Um, he And any time I call him, he... You know, wants to hear what I have to say. If I have an issue, he's he just instantly tells me, "Okay, I'll take care of it." Or what do we need to do? And he's just always, you know, so helpful. And 
if I call him, even if he doesn't answer, he gets back to me within the day. So he's very available to me, um, and he's someone I depend on. And, and honestly, I mean, he's the main reason why we are so successful academically. And Stephanie, we were saying that uh, you graduated from Ripley in uh, 1997, and that was really at a peak of Viking athletics. So uh, you, you went through an exciting time in high school and at um, WVU. Yes, yes. I, I, you know, I have a love for sports, of course, because my dad um, and, he, you know, him coaching baseball and football for so many years at Ripley. But uh, I, I was fortunate through high school to be able to go to many state tournaments and different sports through cheering and through baseball being the statistician. So, you know, I got the experience, uh, you know, playing in states with football and basketball. We went and we hadn't went in years. So that was an exciting time. And then, of course, in baseball, we won the state championship my senior year, which I'll never forget. So, um, you know, once these jobs uh, kind of, uh, the job I currently have or the positions that um, I I have kind of went through uh, at WVU, um, my, my passion for sports just kind of led me to these whenever I saw the job postings, and it's just really worked out for me. That's fantastic. Stephanie, thank you so much for your time, and, and good luck with the Mountaineers. Thank you, Rube. And Ruby talked about revenge tour for the Lady Vikings. Kind of the same uh, week for the boys team as they have a big revenge game coming up this week, but it's a really tough schedule for the boys. It, it really is, and uh, Coach uh, Luke Parsons, he put together a very challenging schedule this season, and this week is a good example of that as they take on Cabell Midland. They've been ranked up near the top uh, in the state uh, all season long. They have them uh, in, a, uh, in a home game on Wednesday, and then they'll travel to George Washington, always a tough place to play. That game is on Friday. One of Ripley basketball's all-time greats is Scott Ludwig. Had a great career at Ripley, went on to play uh, an outstanding career at Glenville State College. Here's uh, Brian Johnson's interview with Scott Ludwig. Welcome back inside Viking 360, joined now by a good friend of mine, good friend of the Viking program, Scott Ludwig, a graduate in 1978 of Ripley High School. Scott, thanks for being with me, buddy. My pleasure, always. Scott, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, basketball back in your day. Man, you guys were stacked from a roster standpoint. Jeff Waybright, uh, Randy Anderson, uh, Steve Mullins, you told me, was a young player on that team. Uh, you guys had an incredible lineup, but you were forced to play very slow. How frustrating was that uh, for you guys, uh, knowing all the talent that you had, but uh, averaged, I think you told me, 39 points a game as a team? Well, you know, as a young kid growing up in the 70s, you just took it for what it was. So you had a strict, very disciplined uh, Jim D'Agostine, and at that time you could throw basketballs at people's heads and <laughs> – and curse you up and down, and that was acceptable. That was part of basketball. So we just we listened to him. We played his style, which we all didn't agree with because we had so much talent. Instead of averaging 39 points a game, we probably could have averaged 85 at least. Probably the most talent on one team since I've been here in 1972, and we were curtailed and uh, programmed 
to get a lead, protect the lead, and uh, go four corners. You know, when you talk, you talk about uh, the, the talent on that team, you had all the pieces. You had the ball handlers. You had the shooters. You had the big guys inside. Talk about that roster a little bit. Well, you know, you have myself and Randy Anderson, Jeff Waybright, uh, great basketball player. Randy and I played at Glenville together. We had Eddie Casto, 6'2", 6'3", who could easily have scored 12, 15 points a game. John Gossett, who was 6'3", and was a stud on the block. We had 6'5", reserves. We had Steve Mullins, who I think averaged 20-some points a game his senior year at Ripley High School. And we had eight, nine, ten players deep, and we didn't really lose much of a beat at all off the bench. So we were stacked, and we had a lot of talent, and we were in the top ten most of the year, but it could have been a whole lot better. Scott, tell me uh, about um, your role on that team. I mean, I I remember coming in out of college and playing against you in what we term as old man league whenever we would go down on Sunday evenings and then on, on the weekends and we had to game plan to stop you, and we couldn't stop you. You were unstoppable shooting the basketball. We had Steve Shockey guarding you. We had Nathan Phillips guarding you. We put every big guy we could figure out to put on you to slow you down. We couldn't do it. So I can't imagine how lethal you were in high school. Well, I give a lot of credit to Craig Harmon, who taught me how to shoot a fadeaway back in uh, uh, eighth and ninth grade. And that fadeaway – was unstoppable and in college really we're playing against six eight six nine six ten guys that were guarding you if you didn't have a fadeaway you weren't gonna get a shot off so you really had to work to get open get good shots and of course i uh i i had to concentrate on being a good shooter because i wasn't the best ball handler or passer so i i uh that was my role on the team in high school you were kind of marred by injury through your high school career, a little bit similar to Ron Waybright. He, we've talked to him several times about his football career, and he's just it was just one thing after another, injuries. You had some back injuries, you were telling me. How difficult as a young guy was that for you to deal with, um, knowing that you had really only got one shot at, at high school and playing high school sports, and you spent a lot of time watching from the sidelines because you were hurt. How difficult was it? Well, I watched a lot from the eighth and ninth grade, too, because I refused to play defense. But if we played one-on-one <laughs> in practice, I didn't get beat. But right. I didn't want to play on the defensive end, so the coaches sat me. Then as a sophomore, I started to mature a little bit, grew a little bit, got stronger, and, and started half the season. Unfortunately, my junior year, after the fifth game at Charleston Catholic at the Civic Center, I felt like there was a knife in my back and go to get x-rays and there was two broken vertebrae in there that happened according to the doctor at birth, but I'm just now feeling it. So I was bed, bed fast for 10 months until it healed up. Wasn't allowed to do anything but go to school and go home and lay in a lazy boy. So then I, I think all my injuries are over with. Play summer league basketball, has some games where I scored 60 and 70 points, thinking, okay, great, I'm looking forward to this season. Then what do I get? I get uh, mono. And so I missed six weeks of practice. And I got cleared to play two days before the first game. And I started, but uh, I wasn't effective at all. So very disappointing high school career. You had great numbers, though, Scott. I mean, you, you look at the times that you played uh, when you were in the ball game. You you averaged uh, up near 20 points uh, through your career. I mean, that's pretty impressive. And that's a time without a three-point line. Yeah, I mean, I, I was blessed. God blessed me with the fact that I could shoot the basketball. I, 
and you know growing up we didn't have the cell phones and the computers and so once you ate dinner or before you ate dinner you were playing five on five one on one uh, and playing against some of the best players around and so you had to learn to shoot the basketball and so uh, I was blessed to be able to be able to score when you watch today's game it's so much a perimeter game now you're either dunking the basketball or you're shooting a three how much fun will you have playing in these systems now that that the colleges and the high school teams are playing in well unfortunately the uh, three-point line came in right my next year after i left glenville state in, in 1983 so that was a big disappointment that i never got to play with that but the game has changed so much to where it's dribble penetration kick out shoot to three you don't you don't see a lot of fundamentals. You see a lot of dunking. You see a lot of strong guys. You don't see any Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sky hooks. No George Gervin finger rolls. Um, you just don't see that anymore. It's it's the whole game is about speed. It's all about strength. It's penetrate and kick out. Penetrate, kick out. Shoot the three. Try to rebound it. Get another shot off. Scott, you've uh, we talk about your career and, and, and what you've done, and and you had an older brother who we just lost uh, not long ago, and uh, I know that's been really rough on you. But talk about what Mike was for you as a younger brother, coming up, competing against him, and, and how he made you better, and what role he played in your life. Well, growing up, I was a ninth grader. He was a senior, averaging thirty points a game. The talk was Mike, 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 and of course, I was nothing, nothing, nothing. And so, I was bound and determined that I wanted to try to live up to what he accomplished in high school, and just I wasn't able to. But I, I was determined to go to college and make something out of myself because he did. He he was everything in the town, and I was nothing in the town. It was all Mike Ludwig and Scott, you're his little brother, and that's just the way it always was. So um, we were competitive um, in anything we did, whether we played golf or tennis or whatever. So we always tried to beat each other because we wanted to be Mike. I want Mike to be my older brother instead of me always being Mike's younger brother. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> over the last few years, you've lost your brother, your dad. It's been tough, man. I know. I know it's been a tough stretch for you, um, and uh, we've all kept you in our prayers. And, and uh, you know, you've been in the forefront of our thoughts and prayers. So we know it has been rough. Well, the last twenty, twenty-five, twenty-six months, I've lost uh, my father with cancer. I lost uh, my brother. I've lost my uh, stepson, and uh, uh, so, uh, and I got a nephew that's struggling in life right now too. And so the it's if you didn't have a strong faith, if you didn't believe in God, and mm-hmm. and and wake up every day knowing that uh, um, I got a strong faith, whatever happens happens, I got to accept it, and I can't challenge it. And so I try to make the best of each and every day, and realize that uh, I have no right to ask why me, mm-hmm. why is why have I lost three or four individuals in the last twenty five months? So I have a strong faith that keeps me going. Any chance we see you back in the health center? I haven't seen you at a game in a few years. I'd love to see you back uh, watching the Vikes play. I miss, I miss, I miss coming to uh, basketball games. But with two businesses and uh, a busy schedule, it's tough to get to games and tough to get to football games. And I follow them in the paper. I follow them on the radio. I listen to you guys virtually every every game on on radio, from football to basketball. And you guys do a tremendous job with C ninety eight. 
And so uh, I, I keep in touch that way and then through the papers. So, uh, But time doesn't allow it for me to go get to games right now. Scott, we hope to see you back soon, man. And thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate uh, how open and, and the candor uh, in this interview. And uh, I think it's cool that everyone can kind of hear about the player that you were. I've heard a lot of stories. Jeff Waybright's told me several stories about how good you were and, and uh, that team that you all played on. So thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, the pleasure's all mine. And Rube, the future of the boys' uh, Viking basketball team looks uh, looks pretty good when you look at what the freshman team was able to accomplish this year. Yeah, the freshmen put together a win in the Mid-Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. They were the tournament champions. Uh, Coach Kevin McClung and Vince Reif are be, uh, to, to, um, or to be commended for their season. And uh, they had uh, four of their players have since been moved up to the junior varsity season as the freshman season is now over. And to take it a step further, the Ripley Middle team, 14-2, and two, coached by Aaron Rose, also having a very good year. Yeah, they are. They, uh, have a, they're very fun to watch, very entertaining. They have a, pro, more than likely a couple of Putnam County opponents coming up in, in their conference tournament. They'll be hosting uh, Winfield on Tuesday. More than likely, they'll have another showdown with Hurricane in the conference championship game. And Rube, Viking Wrestling, always a team to contend with this time of year. Their season's starting to wrap up. Yeah, they have this weekend off, and then uh, on February 15th, they'll be headed to their uh, regional tournament down in Huntington, and then the state tournament is also in Huntington. But they recently had uh, senior night. They only have three seniors on this year's team, uh, Blake Yates, Jarrett Paw, and Austin Bogus. They were saluted uh, on senior night, so... The future looks pretty good for Coach uh, Matt Smith and Coach Franklin Howerton on the Viking wrestling team. And you go down to the next level again, Ripley Middle's uh, wrestling team, coached by Luke Parsons and Jared Hughes. They also had a very good season. They did. Uh, they won their uh, regular season, and they uh, they were runners-up in their league tournament. They have some bright young wrestlers coming up. And, and congratulations to uh, Coach Parsons. He was selected Coach of the Year in the Wood County League. All right, an ex-Ripley High player and an ex-Viking coach. He's in now with the XFL. Brian Johnson interviews Adam Hill. Welcome back inside Viking 360. Joined now by a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show, former Viking offensive coordinator and uh, now assistant coach in the XFL, Adam Hill. Adam, thanks for being with me, buddy. Thanks for having me, B. So tell me, man, uh, XFL, Super Bowl behind us now, and, um, you know, uh, getting ready to kick off this week. Kind of crazy. Uh, Super Bowl's over, but we still have football coming at us. Yeah, we're up. <laughs> we're on deck now, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> League, man. Tell me, um, you know, you hear all of these uh, stories about, uh, you know, behind the scenes and how it all works and, uh, you have people concerned about whether the league's sustainability is there compared to some previous leagues. Tell us, uh, just from an insider's perspective, where all that stands. Well, everybody had that concern, you know, coming into this thing and, and you know, just talking with a lot of our staff who had uh, either been in the Canadian League um, 
or a lot of the coaches of, uh, were coaching in the AAF, the one that just folded uh, with Steve Spurrier and those eight teams in those, in those cities. And I think one of the things that sets this league apart, especially now, you know, compared to the experiment they did 19 years ago and then the AAF and the uh, UFL and everything like that is – because we're not in competition with the NFL. They, they started out like that. They hired football people, uh, former Mountaineer athletic director Oliver Luck, you know, as the commissioner. And, and um, there's, there's one owner, Mr. McMahon, owns all eight teams. Um, and they, they've planned this thing for, you know, four to six years, and the money is, is in the league right now. It's already set aside for, for, uh, for a four-year four run minimum. So – so that that's that's one thing that gives everybody peace of mind is just that the money's already there. When you think about eight teams, Adam, uh, how exactly uh, will that work? Are you, you going to play each team twice, or how uh, how's the regular season going to play out? And then how will that spill over into the playoffs? Does everyone make it? Uh, so forth and so on. No, there, there's there's two divisions, um, you know, two four team divisions. Uh, the winner of each division. Um, or the top two teams in each division at the end of the season will play uh, a playoff game, and then the winners of each division will play in the championship game. Um, as far as the schedule goes, we play eight straight weeks and then two playoff games. So it's a blink of an eye as far as a football uh, as far as a football season goes. It'll be in a blink of an eye. So um, all, all every game each weekend is going to be nationally televised. So that that's that's a plus as far as you know getting interest and stuff in the league. And we you know the, you think that there's a uh, there's a need for it. People are still wanting football after the Super Bowl, believe it or not. So people like me and you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, talk about your coaching career, man. You've uh, you've been an offensive coordinator uh, at the college level, obviously here at Ripley High School. Uh, you've been in the uh, support staff for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a few years now. Now you are a bona fide assistant coach, a professional football coach on an XFL football team. Has it hit you yet uh, that uh, all of that hard work and all of that bouncing around that you did through the years and now you're a professional football coach? I actually think it hit me yesterday. <laughs> Just the fact that it's game week, you know, mini camp OTAs is a grind and we had probably the the longest OTAs in the history of football. <laughs> we had right. 19 days of OTAs in December right before Christmas and then, you know, kind of had a break from Christmas uh Christmas to right after New Year's and two weeks in Houston with all eight teams and then uh, another two weeks back here in Tampa. So we really kind of just wrapped up training camp mode on Friday of last week. And now we're into, you know, game week day minus one. And it, um, but it hit me yesterday, you know, the, the offensive line coach, Jonathan Heimball, who I met through Anthony Beck, the, another former Mountaineer, but um, you know, he, he's like, you know, you have an older son. I'm like, yeah, he goes, he plays ball. He goes, why don't you, bring him out to practice so coach Tressman, you know he cleared it brought my son out there and then you know my kid kind of get, getting to see me coach at that level was it was, was really cool man it was, it was uh i was like you know everything up to this point was worth that <laughs> sure well t- man tell me about that professional coaching uh is all about contacts uh and all of these years you've, you've made all these contacts you mentioned anthony beck You've mentioned uh, some other guys that played for the Buccaneers. Uh, but you got connected with Mark Tressman, who a lot of people are going to recognize the, the old uh, 
I believe he coached for the Bears. I believe he also coached for the Buccaneers as well. Buddy Ryan, a name out there that uh, you've been connected with now here, coaching with the Vipers. Uh, and then also uh, former LSU head coach and uh, former defensive coordinator at the University of Kentucky when I was there, Mike Archer, is there. These connections you're making, Adam, are invaluable, man, and, and it really could uh, skyrocket your coaching career. Uh, it's it's always on your mind, you know, Um that kind of stuff kind of hits after the season, but you stand there at practice and I look over my 17 year old son is having a conversation with Jerry Glanville that, you know, I'm like, he's, I'm like, look at him. He's already following in dad's footsteps, making some contacts. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, that kind that kind of stuff hits after the season, but yeah, I mean, this business is, it's, it's a, who, you know, business after you get to a certain extent or to a certain point. And, um, you know, the, the, the contacts are amazing. I, I, I will say this, this football staff is, is unlike any staff I've ever been a part of. I've never been, you know, I've been in the building. I worked for the Saints back in 2010 and for the Bucks the last two years, Tampa Bay Storm, Arena League here and, and, you know, coaching staffs and stuff in college. I've never been around a staff as open as what this staff is. Coach Tressman is a, he's a team builder and it permeates through the whole building. And, you know, a, a team like this that's as close as it is can win. And I think that that's why we're the odds on favorite to win the league. And um, I just, I've learned a lot from him. So tell us, uh, give us a scouting report on the Vipers, man. And, and also within that, tell us what you're going to be doing from a, a coaching perspective. Well, we're, I, uh, I guess a, a, a pro spread, 11 personnel, 12 personnel team. So we've got three really good tight ends. Um, you know, one of the names that you may uh, recognize is DeAndre Goolsby, played at University of Florida. One of the fastest tight ends I've seen in person. Um, you know, and I've been around a few good ones. He's he's really good. But we've got uh, actually one of the first round picks of the of the league was um, Jonathan Truesdale. He was a JUCO kid that that uh, you know came straight into the XFL and. And um, we've got two really good – actually got three really good quarterbacks, one of whom is uh, Chase Litton from, from Marshall. We picked him up from Seattle. Uh, Aaron Murray from the University of Georgia, Clinton Flowers. So we've got a really good team. Um, Coach Glanville brings the house on defense <laughs> in practice every day as well to the behest of the head coach. But, <laughs> but uh, no, you know, I, I think that we've got a really, really good shot at, at – uh, you know, going to the playoffs, of course, and then and then maybe hosting the championship game. So, um, you know, as far as my duties go, I'm the assistant offensive line coach, and uh, I assist with you know football operations, which is basically anything not assigned by the head coach. <laughs> All right, be on the sidelines for the game. So, you know that that right there was the biggest thing for me. It's like you know I, I either want to be in the booth or I want to be on the sidelines and. And I just found out yesterday that I will be on the sidelines for the game. So I'm, I'm even more amped up now than what I usually am. <laughs> on, on a personal note, Adam, uh, all of this bouncing around you've done coaching and, and uh, you've had a great sports system. Your wife, Greta, has, uh, uh, you couldn't have handpicked a, a person better to be married to you than her, I don't think, uh, knowing you for my entire <laughs> life. And in in the aspect of your boys being able to actually watch you do what you do and, and comprehend it, man, what what does that mean to you? Well, they they say that there's two kinds of coaches' wives: great ones and the ex ones. 
So I've, evidently <laughs> I've got a great one. So <laughs> she's, she's put up with a lot, man, between, you know, moving and, and, and that kind of stuff. And then just being there, you know, having two kids that are both involved in sports, you know, that, that doesn't stop while I'm coaching, you know? So in the fall, the, the greatest thing about this XFL thing is that it, it does allow me to still coach my kid in the fall, you know? So I assist with his high school team and, and, uh, you know, kind of go through that grind with him and, and my youngest son plays travel baseball. So we're very involved in sports and, and, you know, Greta is a, is a huge part of that, taking them back and forth and being there when I can't. So, um, it's just, it's, she's, she's unreal, man. Well, listen, man, you know, Ruben and I are super proud of you. Uh, the Viking fans are proud of you. We're excited to see what happens this year, man. We look forward to having you on here in about 10 weeks uh, and talk about your championship uh, with the Tampa Bay Vipers. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah, I, I look forward to it, and hopefully that happens. I uh, I hope to see a lot of green in uh, in Ripley, man. <laughs> Tampa Bay Vipers fans up there in Jackson County. So, hey, send me the gear, man. You know I'm all about free stuff. So get, don't uh, <laughs> don't hold back. <laughs> I get it, and I, I still got to get you guys a, a Bucks flag to put up in the uh, in the press box. Rube told me to do it. Now I guess I got to get a Vipers flag too. So. There you go. Send them all in the same packet, buddy. Best of luck. Thanks for the time, man. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Appreciate it, buddy. Tell everybody I said hello. And Rube, quite arguably, the most dominant uh, sports team at Ripley High School was Ripley's archery team coached by Tom Crook and Tess Gump. They get underway uh, here soon for their regular season. Yeah, they had their their opening tournament in federal hawking Ohio and just dominated the competition. So it looks like they'll be back and will threaten again for another state championship. That'll do it for episode 51 of Viking 360. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time, go Vikes, and we'll see you around. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.